Good morning, world. Welcome to another episode of Zendependently Minded. If you are a new or returning listener, I truly hope you enjoy this episode. Before we get into the episode, we have a quick disclaimer and a brief word from our sponsor, Anchor. The views and opinions expressed by past, present, and future guests of Zendependently Minded have not been expressed by me, and they may not be shared by me. The views and opinions that I express on Zendependently Minded are, of course, satirical. Come on, guys. If this is a hard concept for you to grasp and you're listening to this episode and you're confused, stop, take a deep breath, and do this thought experiment. If you like what I said, maybe you can assume and you can tell yourself that it's my real opinion. If you don't like what I said, just convince yourself that this is satire, because this podcast is satire. And this is, of course, a character. Nobody would have these real opinions, would they? Anyway, thank you for tuning in. Enjoy the episode. How's it going, guys? It's your boy, Parag Argwal, former CEO of Twitter. Back at it with another episode of Zendependently Minded. It's been a while since I talked to you guys. Actually, it's been exactly a week. Uh, like I said, I'm going to consistently be doing episodes, uh, but I don't need to keep saying that every single episode. You guys will just see. And yeah, hopefully you appreciate it. I Just before I get into the topics, I just want to give a little little overview of the things I'm going to be discussing today. First one is going to be the New York City vaccine mandate. Workers are going to be getting back pay, according to an order from a judge. Second thing I wanted to talk about is Biden and Putin and the Russia-Ukraine thing. I mean, you guys should expect that. That's still ongoing. I'm going to be talking about it if there are major changes or updates to the story. Elon Musk Closing the Twitter deal, firing the CEO, and a couple other big-time Twitter employees. Going to talk more about Kanye West being dropped by J.P. Morgan, Adidas, having his school, his Donda Academy closed and all that stuff. Going to talk about Amy Coney Barrett and a book deal that she published, or that she signed with the publisher that she's been getting pushback on. And going to talk a little bit about Italy, maybe. Now, I might not actually talk about that. There's not there's not a lot to talk about there. And the last thing I'm going to talk about, last two things I'm going to be talking about, is a funny Washington Post headline regarding COVID vaccine and the effectiveness of exercise in relation to the effectiveness of the vaccine. It's pretty ridiculous. And the last thing I'm going to be talking about is Paul Pelosi getting attacked by a maniac. So starting with the first topic... A judge in New York tossed out the New York City vaccine mandate and ordered back pay for workers that were fired or were let go for not getting the vaccine. This is fantastic news, great news, and it's a good bit of justice. It will never be complete justice and nothing will ever undo the harm and the mistreatment and the abuse that went on for people around the entire world. But starting with a major city like New York City is a great start. This should happen with every single person that was laid off or fired or let go or whatever whatever bullshit corporate slang that they use to try to avoid from being sued or avoid from having to pay unemployment or whatever in the future. This is a start. This should happen to every other person that was laid off. And I also believe, I don't give a shit. There's pro- it's probably not realistic. This is This is my heart talking though. People that were pressured into getting that, the vaccine to keep jobs, also should be getting pay. They also should be getting pay. I don't care. I should receive 
$30,000, $10,000 per vaccine that I was forced to get because I would not have gotten it had it not been for my job. Had my job not mandated it, I would not have gotten the vaccine. And unfortunately, I was not in the position to be able to just quit my job because I'm not, you know, I'm not, a, I'm not very wealthy yet. Yet is the key word, though. This is great news. I'm glad that this judge came to his senses. Like I said, m- most people logically, where we are at this point in the quote-unquote pandemic, most people, all people actually, logically, should be anti-vaccine mandate, as well as anti-mask mandate. Masks are not as bad, but they lead to vaccine mandates. I wholeheartedly believe that, and we saw it and witnessed it firsthand starting in the beginning of 2020. All that that I've talked about, all that's been said, and all that's been coming out that comes out every single day in regards to the COVID vaccine, stuff like the fact that Pfizer didn't even test the vaccine to see if it would prevent transmission. You know why they didn't test it? Whatever excuse, whatever reason people have theorized, or maybe even the CEO of Pfizer has said, the real reason why they never tested is because they knew it is impossible to create a vaccine that prevents the transmission of an upper respiratory virus. It would be stupid. They would never be able to develop it. Maybe it would take a thousand years or 10,000 years for that to happen. It's not possible. Their focus was just on preventing and reducing the severity of COVID and this, uh, the severity of, yeah, the severity of the case of COVID if someone is to contract it, which everybody will. It's damn near impossible. I've explained this before. I'm not going to repeat myself with it. Also, there were no human testing. There's no human testing done on either the vaccines or, but it was it's either the vaccines or was the Omicron boosters. I've heard, I've seen some mixed sources on that, but there was no human testing. One of the vaccines was only tested on rats. There was no human testing done with the vaccines. It was rushed out because the government and Operation Warp Speed was going to make insane record-breaking profits for these companies. That's why they rushed this vaccine out. But it was also, there was also liability protection. So the side effects that are undiscovered, still, there's no liability for those companies. So that is a a horrible combination. It's an evil uh, combination. It's an unethical combination. And at the end of the day, you can always trace tracks and paths of reasoning all the way back to money. Everything goes back to money. Money is the root of all of these corrupt, immoral, unethical, evil abuses that are carried out on people, especially in America. Being forced to get something injected in you is bad enough as is. But then you look at all the other factors leading up to the rollout of the vaccine, like I said. Lack or no human testing. Not enough human testing, if there was any human testing. Liability protection. And the mandates. That is a horrible combination. And I hope we see more orders like this for for other major cities. And honestly, one day down the line, fingers crossed, I could be very stupidly and naively optimistic but i hope that the federal government one day does something like this where where they apologize and they give money back to people that got vaccinated because they were forced to or they lost jobs of course because they were forced to at the very least the people who were fired because they didn't get vaccinated the very least the bare minimum they need to get paid 
and then take care of the people that were pressured, like myself. And I don't give a shit if someone lies either. I don't give a shit if they lie. Fuck those companies. Fuck all those companies. Fuck the CEOs. Fuck Pfizer. Fuck Moderna. Fuck all of them. They all can eat a bag of dicks, and they can all write us all a check. That's how I feel about them. Fuck the pharmaceutical companies. Especially the COVID vaccine ones. Fuck them. Do I understand that it's a profit game? Every business is, is, is operating to make profit? Yes. But also, at the same time, I can say fuck the pharmaceutical companies and fuck the government for creating the system. Yes. Oh, don't hate the player, hate the game. I can hate both at the same time and I'm doing it right now. The next thing I wanted to talk about, moving on from COVID because I'm sick and tired of talking about COVID. The next thing I'm going to talk about is another topic that I'm tired of talking about and I'm tired of covering. And I'm tired of seeing continue to grow and get worse and worse by the day, mostly because of the United States, but also because of other countries in the EU, the Russia-Ukraine war. So this, of course, has continued to develop. It's getting worse and worse by the day. And we're inching closer and closer to nuclear Armageddon and the end of civilization as we know it. Maybe it'll be the restart of the next the next uh, type of human, the next type of Human civilization, I'm not sure, because there have been disasters in the past <clears throat> that have caused human civilization to reset. I, I genuinely believe that, and I think there's a lot of evidence to point towards that. But this would, might be the first man-made cause for the Great Reset. I'm not sure. Anyway, Joe Biden has repeatedly been talking about how he's skeptical of Putin, claiming to have no intention of using nuclear weapons, because... This current administration, the current Democratic Party, not the entire party, but the current administration and those that are in power are the party of war. Gone are the days of George W. Bush and Dick Cheney and the rhinos of the Republican Party because the rhinos of the Republican Party are slowly dying out and getting replaced by more populist, liberty-minded, young, fresh Republicans. That's why the Republican Party is starting to to increase in popularity. It's why they're probably going to take power after the midterms are over because they're fresh. They're going about politics in a in a fresh and smart and innovative way. They're utilizing social media, they're taking they're getting they're growing in power and in popularity with their own social media sites. They're just trying things in a new way. Are they perfect? No. Do I love them? No. I hate them. I, I hate, I, I, I'm not a Republican. I've told you this many times. I've said this many times. I'm not registered as a Republican or a Democrat. I'm not registered for any political party. I'm registered as an independent, and I think everybody should. That all being said, it is undeniable, especially seeing the actions that the current administration and Joe Biden has taken in regards to the Russia-Ukraine war, you can't deny that they are not acting pro-war. Whether it's on purpose or it's inadvertent, their actions and their rhetoric is pro-war. Joe Biden and his administration is continuing to fan the flames of a nuclear apocalypse. If Vladimir Putin says he has no intentions of using nuclear weapons, and then the United States government and the President of the United States and the current administration says, ah, we don't believe him. What is that? What is that? Why do you need to say anything at all? Of course the United States government 
of course, the United States military should be getting ready in case something like this is to happen. But what is the United States going to do? Why is it all in the United States government and the United States military? When there are a million other countries in the EU, yes, I know, I'm aware, they don't have as large a military, they don't have as uh, uh, as large a military budget as the United States. Nobody does. But why are we the only ones that have to deal with this problem? Why are we continuing to be involved in this proxy war of sending endless amounts of money to Ukraine, endless amounts of supplies to Ukraine with no goal in mind? The goal is regime change. We know this. Biden straight up said it. His dementia dropped his filter and he was able to say the quiet part out loud. Why, though? At a certain point, the crosshair is going to continue to grow on the backs of the American people and on the, the United States of America. And it could be futile because Ukraine could lose. Ukraine could lose. The worst case scenario, Putin on his way out because of cancer or whatever, could decide we're going to use one nuclear weapon and that's all. It's hell will break loose. Why, though, does Biden have to speak out loud and fan the flames of war? Why does Nancy Pelosi continue to speak and fan the flames of war and say egregious, aggressive things that echo the rhetoric of the Iraq and Afghanistan war? Why are we doing this? How ironic is it? How stupid and embarrassing. I always use the word embarrassed because I'm just embarrassed by those that are in power up in Washington. Remember when the the, the slogan was after Trump was defeated in the 2020 election and the adults are the adults are in charge again. It doesn't feel like the adults are in charge. It feels like people who play fucking video games and don't know a goddamn thing about how fucking horrible war is and how to avoid war and how to put their country first. It feels like those are the people that are in charge, not the adults, quote-unquote. How stupid. What a stupid, cringe, embarrassing slogan. You have the President of the United States continuing to fan the flames of war. And if we do go to nuclear war, it is 100%, not 100%, it's not all on the United States. We actually have a huge part to play. We have a lot of influence, regardless of what people say. It's largely going to be in part, and large part of the blame is going to be put and need to be assigned on the current administration and the quote-unquote military-industrial complex. The next thing I wanted to talk about, so Elon Musk officially closed the Twitter deal, came in and he fired the CEO, uh, Parag blah, 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 and then also this other lady who who, uh, actually was... I want to say the chief, chief executive for like content moderation or some bullshit. She was actually the one who was responsible for making the call, at least, to remove Donald Trump. Um, Alex Jones also. She showed up on the Joe Rogan experience with Jack Dorsey, and then also Tim Pool showed up in a in a very very memorable, and honestly really entertaining and informative episode of Joe Rogan's podcast. He does that a lot. He has a lot of those episodes. Um, it's kind of like he's the best podcaster in the entire world. Anyway, hopefully this is a step towards an absolute state of free speech, at least in the form of a social media platform. I know a lot of people are talking about, oh, there needs to be a, uh, what, 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 what's the thing that they're saying? Uh, 
Twitter could, could become a market for ideas, a marketplace for ideas and free speech. It can be. It absolutely can be. As far as a business model, it's not a very good business model to have basically the only thing that can be deleted off of Twitter or can get you banned is quote-unquote inciting violence, slandering, or threatening violence. That's not a very sponsor-friendly business model. But for someone like Elon Musk, he didn't buy Twitter to make money off of it. He's never going to make his money back. I, it, it's, I do not know enough about social media business models, but I am pretty sure it is close to impossible. Nothing is impossible, but it is absolutely going to be a, a, one of the toughest tasks to be able to try to make money back on this Twitter deal. I doubt it's going to happen. I doubt Elon Musk even cares about that. He said he doesn't care about it. He just wants to take over a huge platform and and make it as free speech as the United States law allows. And I wish him good luck. Uh, for For my sake, for the rest of the country's sake, and for even the rest of the world, even though they're, you know, in the EU, they have, they don't have as as much free speech as the United States. They have they have a lot of extra laws regarding speech, therefore limiting speech, and taking the taking the the vehicle a little farther away from the the finish line of absolute free speech. The EU has speech restrictions. The UK has speech restrictions. They have slander laws. They all have all kinds of shit. So they have to, if you're using Twitter in the EU, have to adhere to those laws. There's a lot of tweets that that I can't see. There are a lot of videos that I can't see. Um, I'll see them pop up on my feed because someone I'm following tweets them or something, retweets them, but I can't watch videos. The main one being like ESPN MMA Twitter page. I can't see a lot of highlights like right after a UFC fight. I'm not able to watch the highlights from them, but I never really cared because I'll just go on YouTube or I'll find someone else on Twitter that's posted it. I'm hoping though for the future of free speech in the in the form of social media. I hope it works out. I have never gotten a Twitter post taken down. I have gotten a Facebook post flagged. I have gotten a YouTube podcast episode taken down. So hopefully we're this is a, a step in the right direction. And yeah, the, 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 the future is bright with Twitter. But at the end of the day, if Twitter ends up just reverting back to what it was, what it has been for the past since its inception, I don't really care. I don't my podcast is going to continue to prosper with or without Twitter. Twitter is a huge platform that I hope to utilize in growing my podcast, but if it's not, there are alternatives that continue to grow and every, each and every day. You know, there's Getter. Getter I think is pure garbage and it's really weird and shady. There's Parler, which Kanye West just purchased. So, there are alternatives. I'm not worried. If there's a will, there's a way, and there is a will for me to grow this podcast. Speaking about Kanye West, I wanted to talk about the the updates and on the different peop, groups of people or companies that have dropped or cut ties with Kanye West. The main one being, main two being Adidas, which I believe they're the ones who produce his his Yeezy shoes, which is a big deal, and I, I believe they do something with his uh with w- not just shoes but other articles of clothing. And also J.P. Morgan. Apparently J.P. Morgan is dropping him. I haven't read the details on this. Regardless, though, I can understand. I wholeheartedly disagree, hate, and do not support any companies that drop 
that decide to drop someone based off of comments or tweets, even the DEFCON 3 tweet. I understand why, as a business, you might do this, because if it affects your PR negatively, which can in turn affect your profit, you're going to remove the problem. I get it from a business standpoint. I think you're a spineless coward if you remove someone for tweets, especially DEFCON 3 to Jews, quote-unquote, which I already covered in my last episode, was not a good tweet, Kanye shouldn't have said it. I understand where he's coming from, but you gotta control yourself with things like that, especially when saying DEFCON 3. No matter what, the word death could be construed and could be looked at as inciting violence. I get that. Everything else, though, I mean, that's that's the least bad thing that he did, and you have the bank dropping you, come on. There are people out there that are genuinely anti-Semitic. I covered this in the last podcast. That are covering this story. And if anything, that move is just going to fan their, and, and, and it's going to increase their anti-Semitic remarks. Is that JP Morgan's fault? No. But a bank should not drop someone because of tweets and because of podcast interviews. The worst thing that Kanye said was that tweet. He shouldn't have said it. He's already owned up to it. Listen to his appearance on the Lex Friedman podcast. But everything else that he said was not anti-Semitic. He was highlighting that there are Jews in power. Also talking about how he's been fucked over by Jews in power. Lex Friedman did a great job at pushing back saying, Hey, you have a huge voice. You're influential. Stop calling them Jews. They just happen to be Jewish. Some of them. Don't call them out as Jews. Call them out as bad human beings. Call them out by name. Name drop them. You're a Kanye fucking West. You're a billionaire. Now you own Parlor. You, you, you own your music uh, up into, I mean, starting I think with Yeezus, Kanye actually owns his music. You have a platform to drop your music without having to worry about pushback and sponsors yanking money from you and dropping from you and cutting, uh, dropping you and cu- cutting ties from you. Trust me, guys, you got to check out that Lex Friedman episode with Kanye West. It's a great episode. But even if I hated Kanye West, uh, let me think of an example of a, an artist that I, I can't, Cardi B, can't stand her music, can't stand her attitude can't stand her personality. There's no redeeming qualities when it comes to when I look at Cardi B, besides the fact that she is, she knows how to make money and she knows how to get attention. Even if this was Cardi B, I would not cheer this on. I would not be okay with this. I would not advocate for this. I would be completely against this. Nobody should be dropped from a bank or cut off from so many different aspects of society for anything that they say. Even if they break the law. If they break the law, the justice system is there to punish them and to deter them from doing it in the future. But now when you mess with people's money like this, it's a bad recipe. And I'm not okay with it. I would never be okay with it with if it was for anybody that I don't like. Entertainer, politician, athlete, whatever. Just because I disagree with what they say, just because what they say is frowned upon, or it's inappropriate, or even can be construed as anti-Semitic, they still should not be castrated from society. The next thing I wanted to talk about is, so Penguin Random House 
and Amy Coney Barrett actually signed and came to and agreed on a two point uh, a two million dollar book deal. I didn't look into what the book was about. Who knows if it's even been written? Maybe this is just a deal for the future for a book that Amy Coney Barrett's working on. For who knows? She could be writing about the Roe v. Wade decision. Could be talking about. Uh, January 6th could be talking about whatever, whatever, whatever hurt. Maybe, maybe her uh, experience of becoming a Supreme Court justice. Who knows? Who cares? There is a quote unquote open letter from different members of the publishing world, the publishing industry. There are big literary figures that signed an open letter condemning this deal. And they're outraged and they want this deal canceled for whatever bullshit, political, ideological, reason the signatories of this open letter saying quote it is imperative that publishers uphold their dedication to freedom of speech with a duty of care so that alone completely disregards the letter to begin with it's really simple for people that don't like amy coney barrett for whatever reason we all know the main reason that nobody likes her the main reason is because she was a trump appointed supreme court justice Number two, she voted to overturn Roe v. Wade. Those are the two reasons why everybody hates her. Those are the main two reasons why these signatories are signing this open letter, condemning this deal, and trying to pressure Penguin Random House to cut this book deal and cancel this book deal. It's the most childish fucking thing, and the more... If if Penguin House caves and they cancel this deal... Amy Coney Barrett better get her money, first of all. Second of all, add them to the list of cowards that have bowed down to cancel culture. That's what this boils down to at the end of the day. Cancel culture is made up of a bunch of children at the end of the day. Grow up. Start acting like adults. Keep on pointing the cancel gun at everyone you disagree with and watch out for the recoil. Watch out for the shells whizzing past your head. One day the gun will be pointed back at you. It's a slippery slope to continue to cancel or attempt to cancel or take money off of the tables and food out of the mouths of people that you disagree with. It is a slippery slope. And most people do not realize that until it's too late. Grow up and don't consume Anything that you don't like. Food. Content. Whatever it is. If you don't like it. It's 2022. You have a computer in your pocket. You have a computer at home. You have a couple computers in your fucking TVs. In your laptop. In your tablet. Whatever it is. Turn it off. Get away from it. Don't read the book. Don't buy the book. Speak with your wallet. Do not point the cancel culture gun and take food away, money away from people you disagree with. Be an adult. Don't buy the book. Don't watch the show if you don't like the actor or the director. Don't listen to the song if you don't like the artist. Don't listen to the podcast if you don't like the podcast or the podcaster. Be an adult and stop trying to take money away from people that you don't like. If you don't like it, Boycott. Boycott in the form of don't give them your money. Because the only thing that these companies care about is money. So if the book deal ends up being a bad decision for Penguin House, 
then they won't do business with Amy Coney Barrett in the future. If you don't want to support something, don't support it. Don't spend your money on it. Enough with the tweeting. Enough with the harassing. Enough with the open letters. Fuck off. Fuck your open letter. Shove it up your ass. Maybe, maybe, you know, I, I didn't actually even care about this book deal before. I didn't really care about this book at all. But now I might just print the open letter, use it as a bookmark to, to buy this book, support Amy Coney Barrett, just because I support freedom of speech and the freedom to write a book and publish a book. If a business deal is made between you and a publisher, maybe I'm going to do that just to support her. Maybe I don't give a shit. Maybe I'll never read the book. But I might just support her just because I support freedom of speech and the ability to make business deals without having to worry about pushback and getting canceled and getting book deals closed and canceled and withdrawn because of a bunch of children. It's retarded. All caps, RETARDED. The last... Actually, this is not the last thing. The second to last thing I wanted to talk about... Do I really want to talk about this? I'm not even going to talk about it that much. I'm just going to let you know. This is a headline for a Washington Post article. You can look this up yourself if you Google it. Type in Washington Post and then the following headline. Regular exercise may improve the effectiveness of corona vaccines. Do I need to say anything more? The last thing I wanted to talk about is Paul Pelosi getting attacked in a San Francisco home by a madman. So, it should go without saying, but I'm going to say it anyways. Violence is not the answer. Violence is a choice, but violence is not the answer. I do not, I do not support and I do not condone violence towards anybody, regardless of who they are. I do not condone violence towards anybody, period. As I just talked about a couple minutes ago with cancel culture, if there's a politician that you don't like, if there's a, as corrupt as you might look at them, as, as, as much hatred or as much disdain you have towards a politician, attacking them, hurting them, or even trying to kill them, committing violence to them is not the answer. It's not how you bring about change. You bring about change by voting these people out. Obviously, a rational, sane human being knows this. People that don't like Nancy Pelosi, that live in San Francisco, can try to vote her out. But at the end of the day, that's the most you can do. You can, you can do podcasts, you can speak out on it, you can write Substack articles, you can publish opinion pieces in, the, in, in newspapers, you can do journalism, you can do videos on YouTube about them. You can go on radio shows, you can talk about them, you can raise awareness, and you can explain your point of view on why Nancy Pelosi is a horrible leader, why she's corrupt, whatever. I happen to feel the exact same way. But I do not condone violence, and violence is not the answer. Thank God Paul Pelosi was not killed, and the last update I saw was that he's going to, uh, he's expected to make a full recovery. The madman, apparently, yeah, he was a madman. That's all That's all you really need to know. There are a lot of crazy conspiracy theories that he had been posting on the internet. It was very, all you had to do was just look at his social media posts. And it was pretty easy to, to understand that this guy was possibly schizophrenic, a little bit disconnected with reality, and a little insane. Regardless, though, 
Violence towards anybody should not be condoned. Point blank, period. It should not be condoned, and it is not the way to bring about change. Unfortunately, the way that politics is going right now, especially in the United States, a lot of people don't seem to understand that. A lot of people don't understand how politics works. They don't understand difference of opinion, difference of lifestyle, difference of upbringing, difference of family values, therefore difference in political opinion and voting choices. It's been a long time coming. There's been a lot of turmoil and more and more radical teams, quote-unquote, which I hate using because it just makes me feel disgusting and it makes me feel sad and kind of terrified when looking at the political sphere in the United States. Unfortunately, there have been quite a few politicians who have had threats of violence made towards them and actually attacked. The difference is, though, in the reaction from the political parties and from the media. If you look at the coverage of this story, you have a lot of people on the left, a lot of people that are left-leaning, that are blaming this on Trump or on Republicans or on conservatives, including conservative voters, saying the blood's on their hands. Rob Reiner, director of Stand By Me, he made a tweet straight up blaming Donald Trump for this. The difference is, though, if you recall when Rand Paul was assaulted by an Antifa member, who was cheering it on? Who was saying, oh, he deserves it? Who is happy to see that this happened? Members of the left. If you look at conservative and Republican senators or potential senators or congressmen and women or potential congressmen and women, those that are running in the, and seeking election in the midterms, there are a couple of exceptions of people that have made jokes, like Larry Elder made a joke uh, just kind of referring to Nancy Pelosi's stance on being tough on crime. But for the most part, conservatives are condemning this violence. At least the political uh, leaders, they're condemning the violence. As they should. Because like with cancel culture, if that gun gets pointed back at you, you're going to regret inciting or supporting violence towards your opponents. Quote-unquote opponents. Soft quotes. So I'm glad that Nancy Pelosi's husband is okay. I'm glad that Nancy Pelosi wasn't there because apparently the guy was crazy and he shouted, where's Nancy? Because he probably went there to kill her. Which is, which is scary. It's scary. Regardless of how you feel about Nancy Pelosi and her husband, regardless of how you feel about insider trading or whatever it may be, they don't deserve to be attacked. They don't deserve to have violence committed upon them. And I condone it 110%. And I hope that Paul Pelosi makes a speedy recovery. And that's all I'm going to say about that situation. That's going to do it for this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I hope you got something from it. Positive, negative, neutral. Doesn't matter because I'm going to spin it as positive no matter what. Any feedback, criticism, comments, whatever. Send me a DM on Facebook through the Independently Minded Facebook page. Send me a DM through Twitter, Instagram. 
You can actually leave a voice message. There's a link in the description to send me a voice message through Anchor. And I'm probably going to have a poll or some kind of question on Spotify. So go ahead and answer. Let me know your thoughts through there. Give me some feedback. All feedback is appreciated. Like I said, negative, positive, neutral. I appreciate all the feedback. I'll catch you guys on the next episode. And as always, thank you for tuning into this episode. Thank you for continuing to support me. And thank you for giving me your feedback, for those of you that have. And thank you in advance for anybody that's going to give me feedback on this episode. As always, stay tuned. Catch you guys on the next episode. Stay safe. Stay away from those crazies out there. Thank you.